Welcome or welcome back, y'all, to another episode of UARC. It's your hosts, Summer and Zit, coming to you raw and direct, talking about the topics that the people who we pay our money to won't discuss. All right, let's dive in. Today, we're going to be talking about being black at the University of Arkansas and how we have been treated and how we have felt. And with us today, we have Ontario West, and we'll go ahead and let him introduce himself. Hey, hey, everybody. Yes, this is Ontario West. I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. I am currently a grad student at the U of A in the Walton College, second year grad student to be specific. And I'm pursuing a track in entrepreneurship and marketing. Awesome. So if some of y'all don't know, go on Twitter right now and type in hashtag black at UARC and you will see countless of posts made about being a person of color at a PWI and not having the support that we think we deserve. Well, that we know we deserve. So honestly, I'm just going to read y'all a couple of tweets just in case you can't go to Twitter right now just to give y'all a snippet of what is happening up here. So Anonymous, Black at UARC is creating a hashtag because the administration refuses to listen to the demands of black students. Another one, Black at UARC is seeing white boys get a slap on the wrist for racism and hazing and not feeling safe on your own campus. Honestly, I don't know if y'all seen it, but what was it? Yeah, last summer, like the whole George Floyd thing oh, happened. Oh, yeah, with mm-hmm. the Yeah, and like, honestly, they got a slap on the wrist. Like, that was so... Nothing happened to them, of course. I don't know what white boys' money. I don't know, but they're still alive and well. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're alive and well. And they nine times out of ten, they probably still go here. So, mm, what does that say? And then we got another one. Um, being black at UARC is being racially profiled in thirteen degree weather while waiting for safe ride with your three friends while UAPD calls in a dog that doesn't find anything. Wow. Like, that's crazy. Like, Yeah, especially since Safe Ride is supposed to be open to all students. Exactly. No, no questions asked, nothing, and you're still going to feel suspicious about it. Like, all right, I thought I that just, went against the, the rules. I thought you were that's helping crazy. me out. Exactly. And it's on the back of every university student's ID. We're mm-hmm. supposed to feel safe. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm out here getting a dog on me. Oh, getting profiled. No. Come on now. Like, no. And 13 degree weather. Right. Like, it's too many negatives right now. Like, are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. I'm sure that wouldn't have happened if they were. Why? Why? It definitely (laughs) wouldn't have happened. (laughs) Let's be real. Honestly. All right, we got another one. It's being told by a group of white boys getting off the elevator that I better watch myself around here the day after Biden was elected. I mean, the day after Obama was elected. Oh, my gosh. See, I'm glad I wasn't on campus at that time because. That's crazy. You can't say nothing like that to me. Like, honestly, I'm not even going to lie. I just cannot wait for the day I run into a Karen or something. <laughs> because I've been practicing. I've had two experiences, and I feel like I didn't let it. Do, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. So this time I already practiced in my head. I'm going to be like, you know, when the police be coming, they be wasting their time. But I'm going to give them a reason to come up here after I, um, oh, this may be explicit, after I beat you up. Because <laughs> you're not going to just, you can't. Honestly, I think people are just getting away with talking to us so crazy because they think that we just want to do anything. Or oh, no, just... I'm very afraid. I... 
You'd be afraid to say something back to man. White women's tears are like an actual weapon. Like if a white woman starts crying, I already know I lost, baby. Yeah, just like just like on the news that day where where the dude was in the park just minding his business, and a lady got on the phone talking about some. Yeah, I'm at the park. It's this black man here that's like harassing me and my dog. Y'all remember that story? No, no, I've never heard of Wait, it. Wait, no, 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 no. I think I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, she got called the police, and she was like, yes, a black man here, he harassed me, he and my he dog. He was just but minding like, his she business. She emphasized the black yes. man part because she was trying to, like... Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, no, like, yeah. Or in any news story, the race is always, like, the first part of it. When, like, yeah. a man commits a crime, and he's white, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, he's a white male who has, like, a series of like mental illnesses meanwhile like a black man could have the same mental illness but the first thing that they're going to talk about is the fact that he's black yeah or don't let them be like the ex-felon and be like ex-felon black man oh yeah of course all right was (laughs) was that needed i don't think so but mm, definitely wasn't needed exactly like just keep keep the bios the same at this point if you're Mm -hmm. gonna do it do it one way don't be flip floppy or like whatever yeah there should be a standard exactly exactly so, Ontario, talk a little, talk with us about, like, your experience here. So, like, earlier you mentioned you went to UAPB. So, you went to an HBCU, and then mm-hmm. you came here to a PWI. So, how was that? Two words. Culture shock. So, <laughs> um, when I first got to, so I went to UAPB because my cousin had went there. Mm-hmm. Like, I got out of high school. I wasn't thinking about college. Yeah. I was, like, in my mind, I was wanting to be a rapper, so I was pursuing, like, this music career. Mm-hmm. And I, I went to UAPB because my cousin went there. And the reason that I say that is because, like, at an HBCU, it's like a family environment. Yeah. So, like, your professors look at you like how you would be, like, their daughter or their son. Yeah. And you basically not treated like a number. Like a number in this large system where it's hard for you to make a connection, mm-hmm. to make a connection with, like, your professor or, like, the dean of, like, your college. And not only that, it wasn't just, like, a family environment with the with the faculty and staff, but it was like that with the students, too. Yeah. Because at HBCUs, like, most of them aren't big schools. Like, a lot of them are small, so everybody know each other. It's real family. Uh, it's real family-like, and everybody in some... Everybody share, like, at least one, two, or maybe three, like... Uh, uh, what's the word? Commonalities. Oh, yeah. Commonalities with each other. So it's not like it, it's diverse because you have like all of these different black students from different walks of life. Yeah. But it's still some commonalities between all of us all because mm-hmm. we all come from the same culture. So that was UAPB. And then when I got here at the U of A, it was just like, whoa, it's like I'm at this real big school. Like, I'm used to walking down the hallway, seeing somebody that I know, yeah. shaking <laughs> hands with them, dapping up. And then, you know, talking for a little bit and, and going about my day to class. But here, it's, it's not even like that. Yeah, because like who's tapping you up here? Nobody. No, they don't know nobody. how to. And, and then not only that, it's like everybody is even wearing AirPods on their yeah. phone. So, like, it's like mm-hmm. real individualistic. Like, you can't. 100%. And even if you want to have a, have a conversation with somebody you know, like, People are, like, so locked in and focused. It's like mm-hmm. you can't have a genuine, quick conversation. Right. It's just like a high-bot type of situation. Yeah, so, yeah. like, um, and then, like, the students, too. So I went from a mostly black school to a mostly white school. Right. And I'm from Little Rock. And Little Rock is, like, it's you get, like, a, a mix of all different races. Like, you have mm-hmm. Hispanics, you got blacks, you got whites, you got Asians. 
but I never been in an environment where it was just mostly white people. And so I didn't know how to communicate to people. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to communicate with my professors. I didn't know how to make friends with people who didn't look like me. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't understand white culture. Like I didn't, like I'm used to like shaking people's hands, dapping them up, and everybody is just, you know, like the proper regular. <laughs> the cultures that we grew up in are very different. Very, yeah. very different. So mm-hmm. when I came here, it was just like I was in my shell. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't like know how to like, I didn't understand white culture, and I didn't know how to interact with like white students, and like mm-hmm. most of my professors were white too. So like that family type of relationship that I was getting from, from professors it. at UAPB. I- I lost that. Like, at UAPB, were most of the professors African American, also. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and they were. It was a good mix of men, uh, uh men professors and yeah, women female. professors mm-hmm. too. But like here is just mostly older white male professors. So it's Ooh. like, like I've been here at the U of A for like close to three years, uh-huh. and in all of my in all of my three years, like I could say I only got like a good relationship with maybe two. Oh, no, I agree. In my undergrad. Just because, like, it's in in every class, it's like either 30 or 40 students. Yeah. And then when class and you can't go up and build a relationship with the professor because it's a long line of students. And then the office hours is only like one or two hours. And when they not there, they really not there. Exactly. And (laughs) some of them, like, don't respond back to the emails at time enough. So it's like the culture, like the culture is so different. Like the UAPB. Mm It's easier and faster to network and build relationships with students and with your professors. But that when was, I got here, like the the speed of it, yeah, s- slowed down a lot. Like it's it's not that family environment uh, no more. It's nah. like I'm in my shell because like I don't know how to interact and communicate and mm. understand like the cultural the I, I don't understand white culture. So it was just like a huge huge struggle for me, and I'm still mm. challenging. Well, not still challenging, but I'm still struggling in ways to be able to like to effectively yeah. communicate with people that's not from my race. But it's hard because I didn't grow up in that culture. So it was like a lot what of times I was like mad in a way. I was just like, wow, like <laughs> people don't get me. Like I feel like a true outsider here in this environment because yeah. like I'm not able to build a good relationship with my professors. I don't yeah. know how to speak to my classmates. And then like I started learning about these things called microaggressions. So, like, mm-hmm. because I didn't understand white culture, like, I couldn't tell if somebody was being discriminatory to me. I couldn't tell if somebody yeah. was being racist to me. I couldn't tell if, if something was really just, like, a slick comment in the joking way or, like, a slick comment in the I don't want to have nothing to do with you way. And so it was just, like, it it, it was a struggle. And, like, I can say, like, it's even still a struggle, too, um, being in, like, not in the undergrad world no more, but in the graduate world because mm-hmm. I learned that the class, the MBA class before my class didn't have like any black students at all. I didn't see any black students. Oh, really? And I, and, um, I can't speak for uh, international, Hispanic, or Asian students, but I know for sure I didn't see any black students there. So it was like mm-hmm. I couldn't, I didn't have nobody there to like directly connect with that I can say, like, hey, this person is a part of my tribe or a part of my culture, yeah. and they can give me, like, tips and tricks to, like, navigate this graduate process. Like, I didn't have that there. Right. And so the class that I'm in now, like, it's only four of us, and then the class that just came in, it's, like, eight black students now. So, like, it's getting better. It's getting more diverse. But in the beginning, when I first got into the nothing. program, it was, it, it was just like, wow. It was just like, 
oh my God, like how how am I gonna even make this work? How am I yeah. gonna even build connections and make like good, meaningful, option. quality connections with people when they when they, when all they see is my skin color first? And like I even had a conversation with uh one of my white classmates, like I won't say his name, yeah. but he grew he grew up poor. Like he grew up in the same culture that I had grew up in. So like mm-hmm. he he said to me, your friend, when he met me, he was like, I understand the world that you come from. Like, I come from this type of world, too. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, like, first, right, I could tell you, I could tell you first right now that a lot of people in this program, like, they not even going to give you the credit or respect you just because of the color of your skin. And that moment right there was just so real and just so defining to me because I didn't want to think that. Like, I went into the program, like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to, like. Positive I, mindset. Yeah, I'm not going to, like like pause my mindset or anything like that like i'm gonna go in here and not see race not see color try to know these people for who they are mm-hmm. when he told me that it was just like well this is the reality like yeah th- this is just how it is and like it's going to be tougher for you to navigate this process because of that and so it was just it was a little i'll be honest like it was upsetting and disappointed because you know the, the walton college one of their values is diversity and inclusion like it's in the epic values and when I didn't see it reflected in the NBA class before mine, and mm-hmm. um, it, it just kind of discouraged me about it. It just kind of made me feel like, like they like they not working hard enough to live up to that value. Yeah. That was something I was actually going to ask you about. I was going to ask you if you believe that UARC encourages interactions in the black community. Like, for you to meet other people like you, for you to feel like there are success stories of people like you. Like, do you believe that UARC is... I think they're doing the bare minimum. I think a lot more could be done, like, um, because we live in 2021 and things move so fast now. Like, I'm sure, like, if if people really respected and understood the issue and -hmm. they put the right people, the right stakeholders in a position, they can easily make the decision of, okay, let's have, like, an equal distribution of black students, white students, international students, uh, Hispanic students so on and so forth but mm-hmm. people take like a long time to change and it and i feel like the university is doing a bare minimum a lot more could be done but because they still kind of stuck in the same mindset yeah and because they still kind of think the same and change always happens slow for some weird reason yeah they not they not fully living up to that value yeah sometimes i be thinking like when they make decisions that they make, it's like, do you care for your students or are you just trying to keep the money in your pockets coming from the people who are giving y'all money? No, I Because, agree. like, I mean, we paying y'all money. We but are. But y'all... it's, I guess they consider more of, like, the people who donate to the university who yeah. donate big amounts of money. And it's just, like, none of them are brown. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're the opinions that you care about because exactly. they're the ones who give you more money. And it's like, sorry, not sorry. They went to school here in, like, 1970. Um, like you said, it's 2021. Yeah. Like, all oh, this is the different. The times have changed. It's totally different. Like, what? It was like, I don't know, 8,000 people when you was here. Okay, it's 29,000. Yeah, it's 29,000 now. It's so much more of us. So it's like, it's going to have exactly. to change. And We're, you hear, like, the stories of, like, Silas Hunt. Like, they legit put them in a basement, and they would send people down there to teach them. Yeah. And, and see, and I didn't even find, like, I didn't even find that out until, like, last year. Like, when mm-hmm. I found out the story behind the name, I was just like, wow. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so this building and learning, like, you know, the reason that the building got named after him. I was yeah. just like, that, that's racism right there in front of me, and I ain't even know it. 
Yeah. And they ain't even know it. So it was just like, wow, when I have found that out. I was and their reparations crazy. are, let's give a scholarship. Mm. And that's it. That's it. Right. Let's name a building after him. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, like, that's not enough. Yeah, do right. better. That's not enough because that that decision or those multiple decisions there didn't just affect him, but mm-hmm. affect all of the people who came after him. It right. affected his family. Like, exactly. What did y'all do for his family? Is is this family gonna uh, get a, a a building named after them, or like they gonna get some type of reparations mm-hmm. because of like how, how he bad was he got like, how, yeah how bad he got treated as a student exactly like th- that's not if I do somebody wrong continuously throughout their college experience and then they graduate and then I say oh okay I I want to name a building after you because of how hard I because of because of how hard I made your life. Like, that's, that's not no reward. That's mm-hmm. not no reward. Like, no. Like, re- rewarded in the way to where you did them wrong. Let's, let's reward you in the way to where it, it's right to say that, like, I'm sorry for doing you that way. Mm-hmm. Like, pay, pay reparations, whether it's financially, whether it's, it's taking, like, putting his family, like, his, his kids and his kids' kids on, like, some type of insurance plan to where like they can get like the mental health services they need because of the trauma that 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 had caused like uh to silence like a lot more can be done than just mm-hmm. giving putting his name on the building and 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 doing a scholarship because right. like you affected more parts of his life than just what those little rewards mm-hmm. could cover. And that's all they think about. Just like, okay, we put we got his name on the building, so we're good. Mm, you also got what's that name? What's that man? Fulbright building statue, dining hall. Oh wait, no. They changed yeah, the dining, name yeah. of the dining hall. Did they? So what? What is it called? I ain't even been on that side of campus, so I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, I heard. I heard that like after like some town hall meeting, they had changed the name. Uh-huh. On, they. Like the the Donna Hall is still named after him. I just don't think they have his full name. Like I think they just changed it to like a different name, but like it's still oh. representative of him. I'm mm-hmm. not a hundred percent sure. Mm-hmm. But like that's just what I that's either just way, what I it's heard. been named that thing for so long that people still call it that. Like yeah. it's it's just that's its name. I'm like And you gave mm-hmm. it to to the dining hall. Exactly. Then like that email that we all got back in May about the Chancellor leaving just abruptly. No, 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 not that one, but the one about Fulbright and moving the statue where he, like, let me pull it back right up for y'all. Yes. In the letter, he was basically saying um, to move the location of the statue to another location on campus. I don't really get what that's supposed to help. Yeah, what, like, is, what is it supposed to help? I was just like, okay. So he's not racist over here, but he's racist over here. Yeah, I into a more appropriate location. What's appropriate what's about appropriate? it? <laughs> yeah, wow. what's appropriate? The email really said that? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, he sent out a whole letter that he was trying Specifically, to Specifically, it says, I'm making a formal request, a request, not even do it. doing it, <laughs> a request to move the statue to another appropriate campus location. That's crazy. Yeah. How can you have values... That stand for this, that stand for diversity and inclusion, that stand for treating people right and treating mm-hmm. people fair and treating people equal. But then you have a person that's put on a pedestal on campus that didn't live up to any of those values. Yeah. That's going that's going against what you represent. Exactly. That's 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 that basically go back to what I was saying that like 
people people don't want to change or if people are changing they changing real 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 slow and the world doesn't move slow anymore like we're not in 1980 we're not in 1970 we're not in the 50s no more the world isn't moving slow like the world is rapid now things change pretty quickly Mm -hmm. and if you don't keep up with the times then you're just gonna get left behind exactly and it's like at this point with everything that keeps happening i don't even i don't know a single person of color what i mean oh i was gonna say like (laughs) asian black hispanic indie anything i don't know oh not in gosh like india's in asia y'all okay Asian, black, Hispanic. I don't know a single person who has ever been like, yes, I just love everything the university has done for me as a person of color. Like, I haven't met a single person. And if, I mean, if you're listening and you're one of those people, let me know <laughs> what, what school you go to that we don't go to or something. Because I don't see, like, we're giving y'all this money. We continuously still go here. And all we're asking for is the bare minimum. Like, we're just asking for the support. We just want to be recognized, but y'all don't want to give us the support. Y'all, like, they want to give us, like, boards and stuff, but how are we communicating with these boards? Do they exactly. really Do they really know what we want, or, like, what we're trying to see get and different? And who are you putting at the head of these boards? Or is, is it another white person? Probably. Like, we don't <laughs> even know who's so. sitting on these boards. Probably so. And then, like, I know one time I had an interaction with a faculty member, and I was saying, like, yeah, I know. I think the percentage of... Black people in Walton was like six, two percent or something like that, and so faculty member goes to say, "Well, why don't you just ask like your friends or stuff to come here?" Um, I don't pay their tuition. Mm-hmm. Are y'all gonna give out more scholarships, or like what's gonna happen? Because as much as people want to say there's scholarships everywhere, people are applying and not getting them. Then you don't tell them why they don't get them, or. You just, it's just not there. They're not getting everything we wish we could be getting. So or they don't have the resources to know how to apply for these scholarships. Or it's the fact that you have to pay for an application to get into this university when there's poor students, poor students who want to yeah. go here, students with like bad situations who mm-hmm. want to go here, and you make them pay exactly for their for their application. I mean, I know that there's websites that you can fill out, you know, and go through the whole process, but it's just like. You're putting them at an even more inconvenience by forcing mm-hmm. them to pay for a university they don't even know if they're going to get into. Right. And, I'm like, sometimes, like, when you're in high school, you get, like, a waiver or something. But you have to qualify for those. And some people just don't qualify. But even though if they don't qualify, that don't mean they can pay $60 to get into this school. Exactly. Like. To so, not even know if you're going to exactly. get into this school. Exactly. $60 may be a lot for somebody to come up on. So it's not just, like, accessible for anybody. And, like, what y'all describing, like, I was definitely that student. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to go to the U of A. Like, as a kid growing up, you know, the Razorbacks just seemed like to be the school for yeah. Arkansas. You know, mm-hmm. we don't we don't have, like, no professional sports teams here in, in any right. sport. And so I was like, wow, like, Arkansas, like, yeah, that's where I want to go. But then... Hit you, hit you with these fees for uh, taking the SAT or the ACT. Yeah. And you got to pay the $100 application fee. Yeah. And I was just like, man, I got to do all of this, and I, I won't even know if I get into the school. <laughs> right. It's like, and yeah. and then when UAP, you get in? UAPB was offering it for free. Like, mm. And, and like a, another thing that I learned over time is that when you take away the GMAT, when you take away the ACT, 
or um, what's the other test? The SAT? SAT? Yeah. Like, you get a more diverse and larger pool of applicants to actually choose from yeah. to accept into your school, into your organization, into whatever. Because, like, I could tell you that when they waived the GMAT to get mm-hmm. into grad school, like, they got a whole bunch of people that applied and tried to get into grad school because people didn't have to spend $400 on the test that, to take the GMAT and then not even know if they even passed or yeah. or fail to get into the program. Yeah. So it's like it's it's a barrier. And once they took the barrier away, they had more people come into the application mm-hmm. pool. So it's like we can make change, y'all. Like just don't want to. Just don't want to. Yeah. What were you about to say? About what? Oh. <laughs> I do not remember anymore. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, so like how exactly did you feel like about like seeing all those tweets last summer with the black AUR? Like when you seen them, like- I wasn't surprised. Like because, mm. like to people that's not from Arkansas, like people know how racist Arkansas can be. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. The the, the you live in a pocket. The capital. <laughs> I think the headquarters for the KKK is in Harrison, Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. Harrison, Arkansas is only like what under an hour yeah, away from forty five minutes from Fayetteville. So. Yeah. so it's like. When you add two and two together, it just it makes sense for why black students was feeling that way. It makes yeah. sense for like why I can walk down a hallway, bump into somebody, say excuse me, but they don't say excuse me to me. Like they just look at me like I was just like you just disgusting or something. Yeah, yeah, like like I'm just disgusting or something. And it's the reason that like I can stand in a, I can stand in the hallway or I could be the only black person in the classroom, but but nobody don't want to talk to me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just this big, invisible elephant in the room. That was, like, oh, the no. worst feeling ever. ever. No, I went into ever. this school year, and I told my roommate, I was like, I'm so excited. I'm going to make so many friends because after the pandemic, you know, I was, like, so down bad about, like, yeah. how, um, you know, I didn't get to re- interact with anyone. But then it's just, like, I go into classrooms, and I sit down, and it's just, like, nobody sits next to me. Nobody no, sits nobody. next to me. Nobody. And if someone that does sit to next too. to me, yeah. you know who it is? It's another Hispanic person yep. or another person of color that feel comfortable sitting around me. But it's it's not a yeah. Caucasian person, not at all. Like, they're not going to walk up to me and feel comfortable having a conversation with me, no. sitting next to me, uh, discussing, like, what the class is like with me. Yeah. Facts. Must it, be nice to have another person of color in your class, though. Like, <laughs> it's so embarrassing going in a class of 300 people and I'm like, it's it's no way I'm gonna be the only black girl in here. I promise you, it was only three of us. And and another interesting is another interesting thing is that when I was at UAPB, like mm-hmm. you know how here at the U of A, you got to introduce yourself, yeah, to a white classmate or a white professor. Like you you got to do all the heavy lifting. But at UAPB, like we didn't treat white students like that. Like yeah. white students was at the party with us. Like we made white students feel like they were a part of the family and they were welcome mm-hmm. at our university. But it's not like that here. No, they make it known that they don't like you. Like I remember one time my freshman year, it was like, I don't know, the second week of class. And I was sitting down in the auditorium and the two girls come up and it was like, oh man, there's no two seats next to each other. And the girl was like, okay, well, why don't you sit next to her and I'll sit there, like me being the girl. And she was like, I'm not going to sit next to that black girl. Um, Wow. I, like, I didn't even know what to say. I was just like, what? So I'm texting my mom, like, I don't even know how to bounce back from this. Like, do I say something? Like, Because it was just so weird. I never thought I would ever experience that here because, I mean, where I'm from, I ain't never been through that there. So I was like, no, yeah, freshman year. 
I um I was like, oh, I showed up a little late on the first day of class, right? So I decided to sit next to these two uh, uh, sorority girls, right? So I sat next to them because I was like, oh, they're girls. You know, yeah. I could maybe, like, strike up a conversation with them. And this was freshman year, right? So I sit next to them. They both get up and they move across the classroom. I can't tell, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I walked into a restaurant or I just walked into any building. Mm. Well, I, I, I stick to restaurants because it happened to me a lot at restaurants. But I'll walk into a restaurant, mm. it'd just be me by myself or like me with some of my other black friends. Yeah. And then like 10 to 20 minutes into it, the restaurant just start clearing. Like people just all of they, a sudden get yeah. done with their food and now they're ready to go. And I'm just like, I know what it is. It's it's because we black. It's because we in here. But you don't want to be around our presence. So you just, all right, y'all, come on, let's yeah, let's get done eating. Come on, we about to go like that, like that. It it don't even just happen here at the campus. Right, it's in it's the community. The, yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's in the community too. Like you go to Walmart and they'll stare at you, and I'm just like. <laughs> Hello. Or you get randomly select selected for them to like check uh what you have in your cart yes. to like scan your ticket. That like, go away from me because you didn't check the person in front of me, so you're not no. gonna check mine. And, 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 and speaking of checking the person, like I even had like an instance where yeah, this is my first time being late to class. Like mm-hmm. I'm at this class on time all the time, but I was late that day. Mm-hmm. And a professor, I feel like the professor tried to single me out because like I was late to class and I, I didn't I didn't like try to walk to like on the side of the side of the seats mm-hmm. to like try to dodge the professor. Like I kinda just like made my way through like the middle of the room because I wanted a good seat in the classroom. Right. Which is usually in the center. You usually gotta walk in front the, of everybody yeah, just you to get usually there. Gotta yeah. Walk in front of everybody yeah, to get there. Yeah, it's just not efficient to do it the other and way. A, <laughs> and the professor and the professor just he stopped talking and he looked at me. As I was walking past him, and I looked at him too, and I greeted him in a polite way. I said, "How you doing, sir?" Mm-hmm. He was like, "I'm doing well. Why are you late?" I was like, "I was late because I was stuck in traffic trying to make my way to class. I just got off of my job. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry about being late." Um, and uh, and then after that, I was like, uh, in my head, I was like, "Okay, let's make my way to the seat." But after I had said that, like the whole class started laughing, and in my head, I'm just like. What's what? funny? Like, yeah. I mean, I greeted the man in the positive way. I told him why I was late. Right. And the class was laughing. And then after that, I had made it to my seat. And he was like, are you going to be late again? I was like, it's a chance I might be late again. I can't make no promises that I'll be here on time. Right. But it's a chance that I might be late again. And he but was like, imagine if you would have had some mental health issue. Like if you had severe anxiety. And now he's calling you out in front of a classroom. And, and people laughing are laughing. At you. Single me out. Like, this, I'm not... There's plenty of other students that wasn't black that's been late to his class. And he's never before, done anything like and he, that. He never done anything like that to them before. Mm. And, but I was trying to be positive about the situation. I wasn't right. trying to look at race. I wasn't trying to do any of that. Yeah. Like all of this didn't hit me till after the fact. Yeah. So it's a three hour class. We have mm-hmm. a break time and I'm going to try to talk to another student about some business. And one of my classmates pulled me off to the side. Mm-hmm. Older, older white woman went off on me. Just what? why was you late to class? Da 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 da. Like, um, uh, you know, this is this this is this is the NBA program. You need to hold yourself to like these set of standards. Like, if you're gonna be late to class, tell them in advance that you're gonna be late to class. Like, don't try to make a a, a, a situation in front of the whole classroom. A situation. And I was just like, okay. I was like, all right. But in my mind, I was just like. Well, yeah. Like, 
why, why are you going off on me? Like we in this class together. You seen other you seen other students come into mm. this class late before. You seen other students come into the class late after he gave us a break before. Like, why are you not going off on everybody else? Like, how you going off on me? Yeah. But I kept my composure. I was I just I charged into the game. I was like, okay, I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. And the next class came up, then uh like uh, the week later, mm-hmm. and she running late. But am I going out my way to pull her off to the hallway and, and, and go off on her and, and try to make her look like a fool? I'm just like, nah, like you a grown woman. It's wrong for me to assume something. It's exactly. always best to ask the question first to see what's going on. Like you don't know what that person is going through. You don't know what that person mm-hmm. had went through previously before getting to the class. Like quit trying to make a scene. Right. And so after the fact, like, in the moment, I kept my composure, and I kept my cool, and I was just like, you know what, let me talk to this professor. Let me explain to him again what was going on. Let me reassure him that it won't happen again, yada, 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 yada. Mm. But after the fact, I was just like, that might have just been like a Karen moment. That might have just been like a, they, the professor singled me out. A microaggression. Yeah, it, it might have just been a microaggression. It, it might have just happened to me, and, and I ain't know it right there in the moment, mm. and I just got hit with it, and I just... Instead of if I would have known that it was a microaggression, like if I could have had somebody to confirm that, like yeah. I would have reacted completely different to the situation, mm-hmm. completely different because that's not right. Like, yeah. and when I seen that she was coming late to the class and she was coming late to the breaks, like I didn't, I didn't hold, I didn't, I didn't hold that like accountable against her or anything mm. like that. Like I, I didn't make that my business. Like, right, because it's not your business. It's, it's not yeah. my business. Like, she's a grown woman, just like how I'm a grown it's, man. She like, should have been in your business. Class, and exactly. you're both in the same program. Yeah. So why did she feel she had the need? Exactly. Or she could at least came to you like, not how she was coming for you, but in a way of showing support. Like, hey, like if you're gonna be late or something. Like, it was so many ways she could have said that. Yeah. She came at was, you sideways. Yeah. And for me, for me, it was the body language because in her <laughs> message, like. You can hear like the little twenty five percent report where she was like, "You should have emailed the professor in advance, let him know you was late, mm-hmm. or you need to try to work something out with your job so you can be here in time." But the microaggression part was just more of the body language for me because mm-hmm. I got pulled to the side. It wasn't private; like we in the we in the hallway of the business building, and the yeah. the, the halls echo, so you can you hear gotta it hear it. From, so it's like she's trying to embarrass you twice. It's it's people like my classmates and stuff down the hallway; they can see so us having this conversation. Yeah. And all you see is just her arms like this. She just, you know how when people talk and they make their points, they clap their hands, like yeah. she doing stuff like that. The finger, like she got the finger pointed towards me in my face and stuff. Like I'm just like, I'm I'm looking at her calm and composed, just like, yo, you look like you you look like you finna smack me right now. You like yeah. you, you you look like I just really pissed your day off. Like I just <laughs> really made you upset. And it was just crazy, y'all. It was yeah. crazy. Like nothing like that happened to me before. To where after the fact, I'm looking back, reevaluating situations, just mm-hmm. like, damn, was that just a microaggression? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. right there in front of my face, right there in the program, the program that stands for diversity and inclusion, treating people fair, equal, and right. Like they don't do it, and it's like it's sad, but it's so many people on his campus that are just like her will insert themselves into our business that have nothing to do with them or they'll just sit here and, <clears throat> and feel like they can talk to you any type of way and it's like I don't know how you were raised what your parents taught you but you just can't approach nobody like that yeah like it could have been said in this it could have been said in a 
way more polite, professional yeah. manner. And you like, could have received it totally and different. And I could have received it totally different. Like, it didn't have to be get loud, make your points with the hand, point the finger at my face, put yeah. a little good in the message, make most of the message. Like, it didn't even have to go like that. Like, no. it could have just been easily, hey, Ontario, I seen you was late. Uh, they really just, um, they didn't they, they didn't sit too well with me. Uh, could you tell me why you was late? Like, she, like, mm-hmm. I had to explain to her why I was late. She even asked me the question. I had to cut her off in the middle of, like, like uh, why she's talking to why me. she was talking to me yeah. to be like, I was stuck in traffic. I was transitioning from out of my job, making my way to campus. Right. And it's just like, I would never do that to her. I would never do that to any student. Mm-hmm. Like, what, stu- what student you know pulls another student off to the side and think they have the authority to and talk to you. think they have the authority to just talk, like, just talk to yeah. you like that. Like, they feel it's, so it's entitled. It's different if you pull me to the side and you say it in a professional, polite, mm-hmm. respectful manner. Like, I can take I can take criticism like that. But when you say it in a way to where it make it feel like that I was just completely out of pocket. Like, I was just completely out of my element. Like, I walked into the class smelling like weed, made a scene in front of the professor. <laughs> Told yeah. him that I was gonna be late again, and and just was just so unpolit. I wasn't even unapologetic about it. Like I told the dude why I was late. When he singled me out in front of the class, even though it was way other, it was so many other students that was late before, mm-hmm. and I greeted him in a polite way. Like he, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it was one of those moments where it was just like my blackness was being questioned. Mm-hmm. Because I was late to this class that I'd never been late to before, and I got singled out for it. Yeah, it's like when you get put on spot for some of the things that you do that they want to say is just totally out of this when world. When white students do it too. Yeah, it's like when they do it. Oh, it's, who cares? But when we do it, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Yeah. And it's like, what's the what's the real problem? It's like being held to like higher standards while also being looked down on. Yeah. But some of these students know they get away with it, too. They be like, oh, man, I ain't going to do it because I know that they ain't going to say nothing to me, yada, yada, yada. Like, legit, the next class day, not only her, but at least four or five of the students. They all came late. They all came late. And or, they, or, or they was late coming from the break. And he never said anything. And he never said anything. He just continued mm-hmm. to teach. He pretended to not see them. He pretended to not stop and look at them as they mm-hmm. was making their way to the seat. And, he like, he didn't do any of that. Yeah, he didn't do any, and I thought about I thought about testing the waters. I thought about coming late to class again. But I was like, nah, I don't, don't want to make even. a scene. Yeah, I don't want to jeopardize like you know my future in this program. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to jeopardize like the good relationship that I got with some of my classmates because I'm not even friends with all of my classmates in this program. Like mm-hmm. some people legit will not even speak to me, and I know they won't speak to me because I'm black. Yeah, I yeah. I legit tried to study with these people. I mm-hmm. legit just tried to have regular, basic conversations with these people, and I get the cold shoulder. They do not want to talk to they, you. <laughs> they do not want to talk to you. Like, they look at you like, you don't even deserve to be here. You I, don't even deserve yeah. to be hurt. Why are you answering the class? Why are you answering that question in class? Or they'll be like, how did you even get here? H- yeah, how did you even get here? Like, do you really want to know? <laughs> like, <laughs> is it really your business? Is it really your business? Like, I got here. That's all that matters. Exactly. And we're sitting in the same class. We're in the same class. We're, we're sitting in the same, same class. We went through the same process exactly. to get in this program. Like, we are on equal playing fields, but because of the color of my skin, you think that you're better than me. Or you think that I'm less human or I'm not intelligent enough or I'm not smart enough. 
And half of them, I mean, it's not even trying to be funny because it's a fact. They're not better than half of us. They're like, not. They don't do anything. And it's not not trying to be like we're cocky or something. No, it's, it's not like that. Yeah. I just feel like we have a lot more at stake. A, a lot, a lot, a lot of, of times. Exactly. A lot of minorities on here really mm, like go so hard just to be here and everything that they do. And then you have our classmates who sit here and try to just be like, well, it's not really nothing. You didn't really do anything. Like really, you gonna be trying to downplay? Very invalidating. Yeah, but, but I mean, but but I was about to say, yeah, but you, but you got, I wouldn't call it mama or daddy money, but you got somebody supporting you. Like, yeah. oh, or I'm, somebody that you know has already been in college. Yeah, yeah. personally, I'm yeah. a first generation college uh-huh. student. Me too. Exactly. So many of us are that way, and for them, it's just like, for a FAFSA. A FAFSA, I cried so much filling out the FAFSA. And I kept no. thinking, I kept thinking, I would be like, this was, this would be so much easier if my parents just asked for my tax forms. Yeah. Like so many of like my peers, mm-hmm. they just give their parents their tax forms and they do it for them. Meanwhile, I was sobbing, I was crying. And then even after, the university selected me for random verification. How has it happened to me three times? Every, I've done it. I'm a junior now, and it, it has happened to me, happened to me every oh, wow. single year. And I'm like, is it is it my fault? Am I doing something wrong on the FAFSA? Am I not filling it out correctly? But I'm like, no, I'm sobbing trying to do this right every single time, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, my last name is Gonzalez, and my first name is it Lolly. So of course they're like, mm, let's just randomly select her for verification mm-hmm. for three years. Oh wow, I didn't know that was a thing. That, that, like, yeah, that is a thing. I didn't know it was it because. Because when I got selected for it, like, I, I was just like, what? What is this? And she was like, yeah. So we um we just randomly select. Random. The, ra- yeah. Randomly select the, the FAFSA uh, for everybody who uh, filled out an application for FAFSA. And we mm-hmm. just go through, like, this huge vetting process. Like, what? huge vetting process. And they will not release your FAFSA money until you go through the entire yeah. verification what? process. So yep. that, that process of, like, picking up the phone, calling your mom and dad, and trying yeah. to get them to find out where, where they tax forms at, like, it's Or trying so to ask long. them to ask for, like, their tax transcripts yeah. from the IRS. Yeah. yeah. That's so long. And, in fact, uh, I told my roommate about it, right? Mm-hmm. Her name is Kiri Potter, right? Mm-hmm. But so many people read her name as Kyrie Potter. Um, so because they read her name as Kyrie, like mm, Kyrie Irving, yeah. they selected her for random verification also. And is, is she a person of color? Or no, is she... she is white. But oh, because wow. they read it as a person of color's name, they also randomly selected her for verification. Mm, that's crazy. Dang. Yeah, Nothing. and that's like... It doesn't feel like it's a big thing for some people. Mm-hmm. It's like some people need that FAFSA money. Yeah. Some people get that money back to pay rent, to pay for exactly. like their groceries, to pay for things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you're doing them a disjustice because, first of all, you are asking them to do a long process. And then even after the verification process, you still have to wait for the money to pend. Yep. And only after like maybe a month, two months, mm-hmm. then do you get the money. Oh, wow. Yep. See, it's sad that I don't I don't go through that because I don't get anything back from FAFSA. <laughs> like, it honestly breaks my heart every year because it's like, okay, government, middle class needs some money too. Like, I don't know. Help somebody out, please. But it's like people, everybody doesn't have that support in the background to help them fill out those applications. To, I mean, I ask mama every year, um, what does this mean? I don't know what this is. Or, like, it's a hassle. I know so many friends on here, on campus here, that be like, 
man, fast about to open up. I got to sit here and ask my mom or my father multiple times. Can we, we got to get that tax return. Mm-hmm. We got to get this, mm-hmm. got to get that. And that just makes it so much longer. And so then, much it's a lot of do. fighting. It like, it causes a lot of like peril in like families. I feel like for me, like I get sad and I get very frustrated. And then my mom feels horrible because she's just like, I'm sorry. Like I can't help mm-hmm. you. My dad, much less. It's just like my younger siblings, like they need my help when they have to fill out mm-hmm. theirs. And it's just, like, it's so unjust for people of color. Because you have to realize, like, Asian people, their parents may not speak the same language. Mm. And it's just, like, you're making them read an English document. And it's just, like, they offer it in Spanish. But it's, like, realistically, how are my parents going to help me fill this out? Mm -hmm. Like, they already do a lot by doing, like, doing their taxes so that I have these forms available. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, now I have to sit here and be, like, sobbing, crying, filling these out. My parents feel horrible. Now we're, like, upset with each other. Mm. And it's just, like... I don't have anyone to teach me how to do it. My parents didn't go to college. And I know a lot of, like, my friends who are people of color also, their parents didn't go to college. So it's, like, very confusing for all of us. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, the longer you wait, the less money you'll get. Exactly. So it's, like, you try to get it done as quick as possible, but it's so many barriers that you run into. You can't complete it when you want to complete it. So it just, it's, like, a never-ending process every year starting October 1st. (laughs) Like, it never ends. Um, but what what are like some other things that like personally happened on campus to you or in this community period just being a black male? Um, I can say being stopped by the police happened to me multiple times for mm. like small reasons. So mm. like uh, one time I got stopped by the police because I I didn't, and I didn't even know this was a thing. But one of my lights was out above my license plate, mm. and he had stopped me for that. And then I pulled out the bulb, and I was like, well, I think this is the bulb that might fix the problem. Like, can I just, you know, hop out there, go and fix it, and go and put the bulb up in there? And he was like, nah, just stay in the car, just stay put. Mm-hmm. So I stayed in the car, stayed put, and he came back with a ticket. He came back with a ticket for a light bulb that I had that I could have just easily put in my car. Like, yeah. I don't, I didn't know that, I didn't know that the light above my license plate was out, but mm-hmm. like, now that I know, and the bulb is right here. Like, you could have fixed it. Yeah. I could have fixed it right there on the spot, but he mm-hmm. wanted to be an asshole about it and, and give me a ticket. Mm-hmm. And I had to go to court, pay $70 for this ticket when I yeah. had the bulb right here. Right there in your hand. Mm-hmm. Like, was right. he being like rude to you at all as he was talking to you? Like, what was happening? Like, this is like a year and a half ago. So I can't <laughs> even remember if he was being rude, but the fact that I couldn't fix like a little five minute problem right there on the spot, mm-hmm. I had to pay a seventy dollar ticket, yeah. go to court for it. Like I had to do I had to jump through all of these different uh hoops and, and loops when all I could have did was just fix it right there on the spot. He could have gave me a warning, I could have went on about my day. Right. Like, um so that's one instance. Um Another instance, I can't even think of another instance. Another inst- instance right here off the top of my mind, but what I can think of is just like, like the energy in the room. Like the energy went in the room whenever I'm a young black man walking into a room and it's it's nobody in there that's black. Like I just feel this energy, like it's tense. It's tense. Yeah, like, it's real thick. W- like, why are you here? Like, mm-hmm. y- you don't look like you belong here. Or yeah, how how did you find out about this? Like, this really wasn't even for you. Like, oh, why? Like, oh, I hate that this guy came in here. Like, yeah. it's it's like for me, it's a lot of like that energy. It's mm-hmm. a, for me, I feel it more like in the energy and in the presence of a room. 
Like I haven't had a cop that called me a nigga. Like I haven't had a white yeah. person that just blank that that was just blatantly racist and it mm. was right there up there in my face. Yeah. But I can feel that energy in a room where it's like I'm around the person and I know that they don't want me to be around. Mm-hmm. Or I'm trying to have a conversation with a person, a good conversation, open conversation, and they just being so close. They just like yeah. yelp, uh yes, sure, uh, no, yeah. sure, deuces. Like I and you see them having a conversation with another person mm-hmm. and it's all open ended. It's all cool. But yeah. and then you watch that person and you see them have conversations with other people that's black or either Hispanic and they keeping it short with them too. So it's just like it's like really? Yeah. It's like wow. Wow. Like, like this is how it's gonna be for the next four years. Right. Yeah. And so like um yeah. <laughs> like I was saying, like it I never had a moment where it was just blunt. In, mm-hmm. in front of me, right in front of my face. But I had have, like, plenty of shared moments where it was just, like, because I walk into this room, like, I could just feel the energy. Yeah. Or if I'm giving a presentation in front of the crowd, I could just see everybody down on their computer. Or, not paying attention. Or, or in the back talking to their friend, not paying attention. Like, yeah. not giving me respect and, and valuing, like, the thought that I'm trying to share with all of y'all mm-hmm. because y'all are here to listen to me. Like, right. it's like... It's crazy. Like yeah. the the energy, I I feel the energy all the time when I'm on the campus. Mm-hmm. I feel the energy all the time whenever I'm in the community. Yeah. And when I go back like to Little Rock or I go back to Palm Bluff, like that energy not even there it's in the not. room. Like I feel like way more mm-hmm. myself. Like I feel like way more comfortable in my environment because I know the people around me not looking at me and mad at me because yeah. I'm black. Exactly. And, like, that's how it be. Like, I know when I go home, it just, it feels comfortable, but it also feels weird. Because, I mean, fall 2020 to, what is that, spring 2021, I barely went home. So I was just surrounded by nothing but white people. So when mm-hmm. I finally went home, I was like, it finally hit me. I was like, dang, I can finally see people who look like me. Like, mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, how refreshing. Like How refreshing. It's almost like. And who who was the W.E.B. Du Bois? Like, he said it best, like, and I don't know if it's exactly towards that situation, but what he said is that, like, sometimes we have a double conscience. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm in a room and the room is, like, full of black folks and it, it feel like a family environment, yeah. I act a certain way because I'm in a comfortable environment. Right. But the minute I go into a room and I'm the only black person and, and I'm surrounded by, like, a bunch of white people mm-hmm. and they're not speaking to me or they're not looking at me and I, I get those vibes that, like, they don't want me to be around, it's like mm-hmm. your consciousness switch and you try to, like, be this different person because you're trying to fit into your environment. Right. Like, that is so real here at the U of A. Yeah. Like that, it is like a huge so real here in the community. Yeah. And it shouldn't even be like that. Like, we should respect our differences. Our differences should be something that actually bring us together and would make us real unique. Mm-hmm. But you got this you got this mainly one population of people that don't think like that. Right. Like they've been taught from a young age, like you don't you don't exactly. you don't be friends with somebody that's black. You don't be friends with somebody that's Hispanic. You don't be friends mm-hmm. with somebody that's Asian. Like you can't trust those people. Those yeah, people, I don't want you hanging out with people. Yeah, like I don't that. I don't yeah. want you hanging out with people like that. And a, another thing that even makes it more complex is that it's not it's not it's not even just a white people issue. Like it's some 
black families. I was just about to bring up that. Yeah. I was going to say, okay. do you think that uh, because we are that way, that it opens, like, up for hostility between, like, ourselves? Like, growing up, my dad, uh, like, loved my father, right? And, of course, I love, like, other Mexican people. But my father used to always tell me, a Mexican's biggest enemy is another Mexican. And mm-hmm. so he said that because sometimes whenever we, like, put ourselves out here, like, with, like, a predominantly white, like, institution, it's just, like, you know, they make us feel like we're competing with each other for when we yeah, shouldn't. We, we should be uplifting each yeah, other. And yeah. I feel like it does promote, like, hostility between, like, other, like, people of color because I have a friend, right? Mm-hmm. And she said to me, she was like, you know, um, there are, like, good white people here, you know, that don't see race, that are, like, really kind to you, that understand and everything. Like, my a lot of my good friends are, like, white people. Mm-hmm. I also have some people of color, like, in my friend group. But it's just, like... Uh, I have a friend, and she's a person of color. She's a black woman. And she says how so many black people here, like, feel closed off to her because they're like, no, go hang out with your white friends. Mm, yeah. Like, it's like a double standard. Yeah. 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 Um, I have had, well, I, I have had interactions with other minority students, and they didn't speak to me or they didn't want me around because I was a minority. So I do think that double standard do exist because, like, I could think of, like, I won't say their name, but a person who I had an interaction with not too long ago Mm. that is a person of color, but he don't associate himself with people of color because I believe, and I could be wrong, I, I tried having a conversation with him, but he's, like, so closed off and really avoids other people of color that because I try I tried to talk to him about that and I because I didn't want to assume I wanted to ask and see for myself mm-hmm. but because when I was trying to he didn't give me an opportunity to I was he just left with know. I was just left with to assume but like the way he act whenever he whenever I tried to have a conversation with him whenever like other uh 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 students of color have a conversation with him it's so closed though it's it's almost like talking to a white person that's racist mm-hmm. when when trying to talk to him. And because, like, it's just so close. Like, he, it's almost like, it's almost like the person know that they are a person of color. They are a part of this minority community, mm-hmm. but they don't want to be associated with that community because right. they think that being associated with that community will make them look bad. But... If you look in the mirror, like you, you can't you, cha- you can't change that. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. you, if you you are a person of color, you know you know just like that's who you are. Like you can't change that. And so like why why not embrace that? Like why why fall into the trap of the double standard and mm-hmm. try to distance yourself from like other other people that's a part of this culture with you? Like why not embrace that? And it's it's crazy because those double standards are real. Like, um, because I had interactions with like not only that person but just like other people of color that's that that uh, that that are people of color, but they don't want to be associated with people of color. Yeah, because like they don't want that look and things like that. But like, and, and then also to flip the script, like I had people that like they see me. Like my shirt tucked in. Yeah. Uh, I'm wearing a blazer. I got some glasses on, and I go back home, and they be like, "Dang, bro, 
you you must be white now like all, you, all the time uh, all the like yeah. dang like dang bro like I don't, I don't remember hearing you talk like that yeah, like, like you, you let them get into your head yeah like, like what? You, you didn't change like they'll be like you changed up like you you ain't the same Ontario that I went to high school with I went to middle school yeah. with like you didn't change up bro like you you you're not the same and I'm just like no bro I am still the exactly. same like just because like my shirt tucked in and I'm nothing. wearing the black like that don't mean nothing my shirt just tucked in my shirt just tucked <laughs> in bro like I'm, I'm I'm just following after the steps of my grandpa like exactly. you're like, just doing you it shouldn't have to be it, it shouldn't have it shouldn't have yeah. to be like pig to you're a just race. being yeah. professional and yeah. we assign professionalism to white people why yeah, yeah why like when we why? talk like oh you got your white girl voice on oh like, yeah i was like a couple days ago so I, I work for the call center so i beg people for money up here mm-hmm. and so i was on facetime and i um i'm calling people at the same time it's like hi this is summer i'm from uh junior university of arkansas and so he's like oh my god like why are you talking so white and i'm like talking professional yeah. Like, what do you mean I'm talking white? Like, please. Like, I feel like some people just need to get rid of that. It's such a huge difference. It shouldn't even be a comparison. You're just being professional. Exactly. You're just being yourself. And why are exactly. we allowing white people to be the representation for professional? Right. I don't want to give them no more power than they think that they have. <laughs> Emphasis on the think. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. And it's, it's ridiculous because I feel like some people are just put, like, in those positions when they get here as well. But it's like, it's not a lot of us here. It's not. And just sitting here looking at these statistics, like, they're going down. Like, they're just up, down, up, down, up, down, but usually just going down. It's been staying at 4% for so long. Like, in 2020, it was only 1,200 of us. 2020? Yeah, 1,200 of us of a campus that has 27,000. And it's like, we have... That's ha- crazy. Yeah, we have to stick together, but it becomes harder when you don't see nobody in your class. You don't... Like, if you honestly... And the university doesn't make it available to be like, oh, we're having, like... uh, Like, of course, we have, like, the group meetings and stuff like that of, like, RSOs trying to put in the work. But it's just, like, it shouldn't have to be other students putting in the work. I feel like the university should motivate, like, us to feel, like, closer to our own communities. And that doesn't mean that we're closing ourselves off to others. It just means that it's just, like, sometimes I want to see another Mexican girl in Mm -hmm. STEM, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like the MC... Well, I don't want to go in the, I want to go in the MC and only see people that look like me. I don't want to be a selfish, but isn't that the purpose? So you can be comfortable. But then I walk into the MC and I just see people who definitely don't look like me. And it's yep. just like, it's so uncomfortable. I might as well just go to a regular classroom did at you, this point. Did you know a long time ago, like, and no, not even a long time ago. Like, I think it was like maybe four or five years ago. Like, you mm-hmm. would walk into the MC and you would just see, my bad. You're good. You would just see... <laughs> A bunch of black students. Yeah. Like, I don't know if y'all uh, know uh, Eric Jones, but he was a student who had went here before. And when he had came back, like, years later after he graduated and walked into the MC, he was like, dang, where are all the black people at? Like, this, yeah. this, is, this used to be the spot where, like, all the black students mm-hmm. would come, hang out with each other, network with each other, and host like events that, and yeah. put, put stuff together with. And, and now it ain't even like that no more. Mm-mm. Yeah, and it's like... I can see the difference is changing now. Like um, in the Black Student Group meet, one of the girls was like, y'all, make sure y'all come in by the MC. I'm tired of seeing people who shouldn't be in here. Like this is a space for us to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like y'all, make sure y'all can come back here and y'all can study and things of that sort. And so people was responding to her. It was like, oh, dang, we can go in there? Like I didn't even know. Like it's really like that in there. And it's like, 
yeah, like this is like that for us, but sometimes we just simply don't know because other people just take over it. What was really meant for us just to be comfortable. Yep. Exactly. I don't know if y'all know this, but in uh in the new student success center, they supposed to be building I they they supposed to be building these things called identity centers. Yeah. So it's gonna be like a room that's specifically dedicated towards black students. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a room that's specifically dedicated towards Hispanic students, mm-hmm. Asian students. Like because they what I think is that they don't wanna highlight one group and not highlight the, the others. others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think I don't know if this is true or not, but maybe they probably seen that as a case like at the MC, like four or five years ago, somebody walking there was like it's only black students in here. Like, this is a multi-culture center. Culture mm. isn't just for, like, black yeah, students. It's for, it's supposed it's for to, all minorities. It's, yeah. it's supposed to be for all minorities. So, like, that's why I think, like, that change had happened. But when that change happened, you made the black students feel like they had lost something that they was there. So, like, it was, so, like, in the new, in the new, the, in the new student success center, like, the one they building over there by Old Main, yeah. they're supposed to have identity centers or, like, mm. identity rooms that's going to be geared and dedicated towards all of the different groups of minority students. Yeah. So I guess like that's some good news to it. Like they, it, but then again, like it's still the bare minimum. Yeah. Like and why I've, we can't have like, why we, why is the only statue on the campus is a statue of an older white man? Like why yeah. we don't have a, a, a statue of a black woman? Why we have a, a why we don't have a, a statue of a, of a Hispanic woman. Why are we gonna have a statue of, of a of a of a black man? And why is the Native American statue all the way towards the the Greek gate? Exactly. Wait, is the statue over there? Yeah. It's it's um Native American and it's really close to the sorority gate. And speaking oh, wow. of sororities, um it's crazy how we see like, you know, you don't see a whole lot of uh, sorority girls or frat guys who are like people of color. And we have the Divine Nine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, and like other like sororities, like specific for people of color. But it's just like they don't get treated the same. No. How many of the Divine Nine have a house on only, campus? Only the Deltas. Only the Deltas. Yeah. Only the Deltas. Exactly. It's just so different. And we don't like emphasize enough about it. Yeah. And it's not saying like. Only the Deltas deserve a house. No, everybody deserves one. If you're going to give, what's them, Tri Delta, Catholic, whatever, whatever, you're going to give them a the house, how come nobody else could deserve it? They got a whole, whole street. Right. <laughs> but like three and I know streets. a lot of people are going to say like, oh, well, they paid for that and everything like that. So if you're telling me that if they jump through all the loops and they manage to pay for that, that the university would give them a plot of land, right. I don't think that they would. I genuinely do not think that the university, they would be like, Oh, well, we have, like, this plot all the way down there. Yeah. Like, at the bottom of the hill. So you yeah. can live there. Right. That's not right. Yeah, because then it's like, equal. dang, it's the Delta fair. house is all the way down the hill. Why can't be with the other homes? Yeah. But it's like, I mean, it's cool and I don't want to be with other homes. Like, that's fine. But it's like, are you trying to say that they're less than? Because those women, they're, they may be right. very much phenom- phenomenal women. They probably do a lot of things on this campus to help so many other people. And then, like, they're right there. But then you have these others... These grand homes, they're things they're Two, three every... stories. Some yeah. of them got elevators in them. Oh yeah, exactly. like the they have people come out there and work on the yards. Yeah, and stuff like, mm-hmm. and they will blatantly shut you out if you're a person of color. They don't want you to be a part of their sorority. They don't want you to be a part of their fraternity. Like they don't care, Facts. and they'll they'll tell it to you to your face, <laughs> or they hit you with the. We've already hit our number of diversity. Yeah, people that we're taking this year. It's the fact that they'll have a diversity and inclusion board, and it'd be full of nothing but white women. Or white men. 
I don't. Uh, did it's I like miss where, the, where where's the diversity? At? Yeah. It's like, like, did I miss the mark? Everybody is thinking the same. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's it's not diverse. It's not diverse in demographics, and it's not diverse in thought. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I'm glad we have those other like the divine nine and, and like the, the Sias and yeah. everything like that. But it's just like we make again we make them jump through so many hoops before they can even get the same opportunities as like the regular like greek sororities that we exactly. have here on campus like mm-hmm. for example row week y'all invite these entertainers who are black but then you won't let any of us come in like <laughs> does it make, yeah. like, doesn't make sense yeah. they're like, like oh well you need to get an armband from a brother or something and then it's just like no brother no. is gonna talk to me like cut cut it out we're not finna go through all that. Y'all want people like us to be here too, so y'all can drink and have a good time. Woo woo woo. Y'all want to listen to her music. Right. <laughs> but then we can't come with y'all. And it's like, okay, right. on one hand, we don't even want to be with y'all. But then it's like, it's a slap in the face because y'all praise, y'all put so much praise on these people. Y'all love the culture that we have, but then y'all can't have a simple conversation with us. Yeah. Or you want to invite us somewhere. They love your culture, but they don't love you. They don't love you. And it's like, okay, that's cool. Don't get mad. We treat you the same way. Don't try to pull out the tears or something. Like, if you're going to dish it out, you need to take it too. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to do that. Unless you are famous or, like, an athlete. Right. Because yeah. if, you, if you're an athlete on this campus, you're like a god, I guess. And, like, these women or men, they'll just... Like, oh my gosh, hey, how are you? How are you? Or are you just a regular you, you student? Get a, you get a different, you get like preferential treatment. Yeah. And yeah. some athletes don't even like it. They'll be like, that's just so weird. Like, I just feel very uncomfortable. Like, I can, you can tell their intentions when they want to talk to you. Like, even just to be friends and stuff like that. And it's like, like, what's, what's your goal? Like, do you want to be genuine ever? Or are you just going to keep playing this game until you graduate? So I was like, you got four years, make your decision. Right. And you can choose to be better. You can choose to be Mm -hmm. open to have conversations with people of color. Because there are some people like that. Like, um, I have a few white friends. They're very open to hear my conversations. And they're very open for me to be angry. And they're very open to, you know, discuss how, uh, or like, if I call them out, I'm like, hey, like, I didn't like that you said that. They're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I will actively work to be better. Yeah. Instead of just... Oh, I'm sorry. And it's hollow. It's empty. Yeah. They don't mm-hmm. they're not gonna change. Or you call them out, they'd be like, I didn't think that I did that. Well, I'm telling you how I felt. So I'm I'll need that apology. Because what you did was wrong. And if you do it to somebody else, they might not be as nice as I'm being to you right now. They oh, can no, take yeah. it to a whole nother level, but nobody ever I'm not gonna say nobody, but some of these students don't even wanna think that way or just simply don't care. And it's like you said earlier, it's what they're taught. Mm-hmm. So it's like sometimes I try not even be mad at the students. I just be like, what did your mama teach you? What did your daddy teach you? Yeah. Like, do you just not care to open your eyes but and your also, ears? also you're here to further your education. Exactly. So why don't you further your education and how you treat me and how you treat other people of color? Yeah, exactly. why, 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 why don't you grow? Like, exactly. why, why, why stay the same? Like, America is changing. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all seen that stat, like, in 20, 30 years, like, white people won't be the majority, majority no yeah. more. English won't be the main language spoken anymore. Mm-hmm. So, like, the time is coming to where, like, if you don't change and you still adopt, like, those 200-year-old oh, principles yeah. or values or lifestyles, mm-hmm. like, you're going to get left behind. Exactly. And it's, like, it's weird when you're seeing people on campus doing that because then, like, they'll be nursing students. Like, you're you're about to be a nurse. 
You, are you going to treat people how you treated me now? Because then when these people are sick, what are you going to do? you just not going to treat me because I'm black? Treat them like they did back in the day when they yeah. believed that black people didn't feel pain the same yeah. way that like, white people did? Yeah. And then people are still doing surveys over that same question. Oh, no, And these yeah. same nursing majors like still believe Like with COVID, it. did yeah. you see that there was that white doctor feeding uh, horse dewormer to uh, inmates? And as we, like... And may, like black people have like the highest number of incarceration because they're penalized yeah. more for like certain things, right? Yeah. So he get, he was using them as guinea pigs, feeding them horse dewormer, and it's not proven to cure COVID or anything. He was doing he was research a- on them, and that's like in this year, in twenty twenty one. And it's I don't have any words exactly. So it's just like the things that you learn now will continue to put like keep going through the rest of your life. It's mm-hmm. just like if you don't choose to be better now, you're gonna be worse you could progressively get worse. Yeah. And so uh, that goes to, and like also I saw a video the other day and it like, it was so heartbreaking, right? So it was like a black nurse and she was taking care of a dementia patient, right? Mm-hmm. So she's forgetting her memory and everything. And she was a white lady. She's sitting here being a nurse for her. And she, <laughs> she tells her, she walks in, she's just like, where's your master? And she's just like crazy how they forget everything except for their racism. At the, they're dying, you know, at the end of their life, forgetting yeah. so many things, but they'll remember that they're racist. And she was just like, I do not have a master, like, I am free. And she goes, oh, yeah, let me see you read. What? Yeah. That's crazy. She says, oh, yeah. So it's just like, if you don't learn now, when you, you will get worse. Yeah. And you will get worse, and it's never going to get better, and you're never going to learn how to treat people better. And at the end of the day, that's going to be who you are fundamentally. Yeah. When you forget everything else, that's what you are going to be. And you're teaching that ignorance down the line. Exactly. And they're not going to change. So it's just like you can choose now to mm-hmm. be better, to change, to grow, like you said. It's it's not going to, like, forgive everything else that you've done, but you can try. Right. Exactly. Like, when I got up here, like, I could have chose to, like, not try like i could i could have looked at my situation and said wow i'm this black dude in this Mm -hmm. white world and it's nothing that i can do to try to succeed and 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 make a good life for myself here like i don't know how to talk to these people so i'm not going to talk to these people like that in itself is i i like racism in a way but instead i chose to try to learn about white culture. I, I chose to make the first move. I chose to initiate the conversation. I chose to try to understand a group of people who were completely different from me. Yeah. And I'm still learning in that process. Like, I don't have it down, packed all the way. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't grow up in this culture. I don't even expect to have it down all the way, but at least I'm trying. Exactly. Yeah. At least I'm putting forth the initiative. Right. At least I know that there are differences in the room, and instead of choosing a... a um, look at those differences and, you know, like make these bad assumptions, these bad yeah. stereotypes about people. Like I'm actually trying to make the situation better. Mm-hmm. Like my professor came to me wrong. He singled me out in front of the classroom. Was it because I was black? Probably so. Like, but I still greeted, I greeted him back in a respectful way. So it's right. like, I'm not adding fuel to the fire. Like I'm trying to resolve the issue too but but they don't, they don't meet you halfway they don't meet me halfway and if mm-hmm. if the person on the other side of the fence don't meet you halfway the, the, it's, then the, it's null and void yeah and i feel like that's what a lot of us are going through here period like we try to do things to change so we can at least be cordial or just simply coexist in the same area but then y'all don't want to meet us halfway you still want to bring in these tensions and still want to be rude but then y'all get mad when they retaliate back 
It's like, y'all been treating us like this for so long, and then we finally stand up and say something. It's like, oh, no, that's not what we meant, or you shouldn't be complaining about that. Like, no, yeah. the time is now. I'm going to complain. You should never do that. Facts. I'm going to bring it to your face. Like, it's or correcting t- people right when it happens, you know? Yeah. They're like, oh, did I really do that? You knew what you did. You did that consciously. You grown just like how I'm grown. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know what you're doing. You don't, you're not sucking your thumb no more. You're not in baby shoes, nothing like that. You know exactly what you're doing. You got to college. So that means you know what you're doing. Yeah. And it's like they want, like, a slap on the wrist or, like, I don't know, somebody to guide them and walk them, walk with them. Like, no. Exactly. Nobody's going to hold your hand. You got to call them out. I was at a, I was at a function thing, mm-hmm. right, at a friend's apartment. And this friend is black, right? So he invite he invites me and like a few friends and we go right. Mm-hmm. So he's playing music and everything. He's playing rap music, and he pauses the song, and he goes, "I believe I just heard one of you guys say the N word, and there's only two black people in here." Mm. And I was like, "Call him out, like straight up, call them out, right?" So he's just like, he's just like, "I'm gonna give y'all one more chance, right?" Mm-hmm. So he plays the song again. He pauses the song again, and he's just like, "I heard it." Uh, he was like what's happening i heard it again right and so my friend who was like the other black person at the party she goes yeah i heard it too i heard it too that time and i was like i'm sitting you know next to her and i'm like they really came into this man's home and are using the n-word in his in home, his home in his home and i was like i was like call them out and you know everyone else there they're they're getting mad they're getting frustrated they're like keep the music playing no. like whatever mm-hmm. it's just like no you deserve to be called out. And yeah. if it's your friend, you should point you should over at them. them. Exactly. No. That's like when they play Mo Bomb at the games. Like, every time that song plays, I just have to, like, look down. Because, like, I know they probably play, like, the clean version of, like, what if you, like, some some calling a young shaker phone, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. Y'all know y'all be saying the N-word. And, like, one time during the basketball game, we played Kentucky. They played that song. I'll never forget this. I'm looking around. The dude behind me just said it. And I just looked at him like, so you just really going to say it? Like, I'm not standing here. And I, he's like, oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. I didn't mean to. I'm like, bro, no. You did mean to. Yeah, you you said it. You said, was, it with your chest, you said it with your chest. So you like, meant to. He said it with his chest. I'm like, <laughs> if I wasn't standing here, you would have said it. And he's he probably just, louder. Exactly. He's like, no, nah, we're cool. We're cool. And I was like, no. No, we're not. We're not. What you said was foul. I called you out on it. Don't do it again in my presence. Yeah, check like, yourself. Exactly. Thanks. And he didn't say nothing else like the rest of the game. Like I didn't hear him say anything. I'm like, yeah, don't say it. I hate that song. Hopefully like, he took it as a learning lesson. I hope so. And he knows not to do it again. Yeah. And the fact that he was quiet for the rest of the game, I'm just assuming that that's the case. And yeah. he learned from that, and he'll never do it again. Yeah, hopefully he learned and then turned it into anger. Because some people, mm-hmm. when they get called out, they just get angry. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to like go off on you like you're in the wrong. Mm-hmm. You can't get angry and you're in the how wrong. How are you gonna educate me on something that I know? You can't like how are you gonna play victim to a situation you created? Facts. Oh, that's just <laughs> half of the population here. They want to be victims so bad for a situation that you create. Like you make it so hostile. You make it feel like toxic and like the tension just be so thick. And then when you bring it up, it's like, oh no, that wasn't me. That wasn't my intention. Oh my gosh, she's hurting my feelings. So then, who was it? It wasn't Casper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know nothing about no ghost, but I don't think no ghost is here. Like, come yeah. on, who did it then? Who said it then? It was you. Own up to it. Move on. Like it's so simple. It is so simple, yeah. and like, like, 
people just like people stuck in their ways, y'all. Like people just people being taught by their loved ones to treat people a certain way. Right. Exactly. And it's like they keep getting taught that they're not gonna want to change it. And then the next person, next child come around, they're not going to change it. Not going to change it. Not going to change it. So it's like at this point, when is it gonna stop? When are y'all gonna start teaching this? When is it stop going to be like treated as some secret? When this is real life, we sitting here getting treated on campus like we don't, we not valuable or something, or we only valuable when you need a picture to go with your diversity statement. (laughs) Like, I'm for like, and I'm for real. This is like, yeah, and then so many. This this is legit how some people see it. It's so many students out here that just want to feel wanted and worthy, but all y'all care about is the word diversity. Like, what are you gonna put behind it? Are you going to put some money behind it? Are you going to put some actions behind it? Right. Like, I think one action that they can put behind it, and especially for, like, graduate school programs Mm -hmm. where you do have only one of four black students or you might have one black student in in this whole graduate program. Like, why not? I'm not saying do assign seats, but if you know cliques exist within a program and you know uh, minority students are being singled out and other students are not wanting to talk to them, why not build into the policy that you require every student to sit next to somebody who they don't know so they can form a relationship with them and get to know? Like, you got to put people, well, I think you got to put, I think you got to, like, force people. You got to make people uncomfortable. To step out their comfort zone. To step out their comfort zone, exactly. Like, if, if I'm in a classroom and it's a student that I'm in a classroom with and we ain't said nothing to each other. I went out my way to try to build a relationship with the student, mm-hmm. and they didn't. And they didn't. They went. They was on the other side of the fence, and they didn't want to meet me halfway. Building a policy to where that student can be uncomfortable and have a conversation. Yeah, with Yeah, because me. uncomfortable doesn't mean unhealthy. Yeah, uncomfortable mm-hmm. does not mean unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And you serving the purpose of helping both students grow in that situation exactly. because I could be that student, like how I was three years ago, a transfer student that's mm-hmm. new that's having a hard time trying to understand students who are, like, completely different from me. But if you put me in a situation where I'm sitting next to them in class or five minutes before class I sit next to them and I'm forced <clears throat> to have a conversation with them, mm-hmm. then I'm learning about somebody that's from a different background than I am. Yeah. Then because I'm interacting in all of my classes, I'm, I'm, I'm being touched by people that's different from me constantly every day when I go to school. Yeah, maybe so someone way, you never would have met. Yeah, maybe yeah. somebody I never would have met. So one, it could be a, a, a networking opportunity. And then two, it could help people who grew up only around one race, only thought one way to be mindset. exposed. Yeah, yeah. I'm and just going to say that. People yeah. that grew up with closed mindsets to be exposed to mm-hmm. other people. Because if 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 I'm a white student and I don't like, I come to the U of A and I don't like black students and I don't want to have anything to do with them. Mm-hmm. But it's a policy in a classroom to where I have to sit next to somebody who I don't know, somebody that I'm that I'm not friends with, it's not a part of my clique. And I'm being and I'm doing it in all of my classes and say out of all of my say I have four classes in a day, um and uh uh five days out of the week. That's twenty times where if I sit next to somebody who I don't know, I'm being exposed to somebody different mindset. I'm being exposed to somebody different background. I'm hearing a story from somebody that doesn't think or look just like me. Mm-hmm. So when you have all of those touch points of people that you meeting that come from a, a different life from you, a different background from you, when you go out to the community, 
you, 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 I feel like in a way, racism starts to go away because you forcing people to get to know each other. You, and not only just one time, but multiple times. So yeah, the walls way, and barriers start so that way, deteriorating a little bit. So that way, um, when you are when you when you find yourself in a situation where you interacting with somebody that's black, you don't look at you don't see what you see on the news and believe yeah. all the stereotypes of black black people. You mm. become more open minded and want to understand that person because you have so many interactions with them. Mm-hmm. Like I, because <clears throat> I seen this once that that was saying like. Um, uh, white people could be racist because the only time they interact with black people is when they see them on the TV dunking a basketball or in the music video singing a song. But had they been exposed to more black people in their life, had they had more interactions with black people in, in their life, then it's a less likely chance of them being racist because they expo- they not they not in a closed environment. They can relate them to real they, people. They can relate they see- them to real people and not just the people that's in their circle and around them and they share that same closed mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like that's what I feel like a lot of the issues that we face on campus boils down to is the fact of how they were raised, what they were taught, and just being in an area where they had a closed mindset because then they're going to come here they may come with their friends. They all have that same mindset. They're not going to want to change it. Facts. And so that's when we run into these issues where we feel that tension, where we feel like we're not appreciated, where people are just being constantly disrespectful. Facts. But they don't see no wrong in that because that's how they was raised. But we know that's wrong. Yeah, maybe they grew up wrong. in a place where there was literally no people was of not, color. Yeah. And, yeah. But now here you are and you mm-hmm. can choose to grow and right. you can choose to be better. Because let's be honest, when some of y'all come up, some are uh, white classmates come up here this their first time seeing the black people they it may be or some of us when we come up here this is our first this time our being, first time being, being surrounded white people. exactly yeah. we both in these same positions but some of us black classmates like okay we're not gonna sit here and just be like screw y'all some of them actually take the initiative like you were saying to be nice and to want to be like get rid of that barrier to have an open mind exactly but then you have the other ones who's like no like don't talk to me it's like, like you like you know the history you know yeah. what's up I like don't you, talk you, you know how this is supposed you to know go. They choose to yeah. stay in the area of their mm-hmm. comfort, just mm-hmm. around other white people. Mm-hmm. You know what state we in. You know we in the South. Okay. I don't care. Facts. Like, either you got to grow up one day or you're not. And if you don't want to, it's just only, only going to hurt you. But Be- you should want to. Exactly. You should want to because this is where everybody is moving. Exactly. Like, America is becoming more diverse. Mm-hmm. It's not just 80%... 80 or 90% of the population is white, and then you got this small segment of the minority group. Like, it's... It's, it's constantly the, the, booming. The minority group is growing. Yeah. And if, and if you look at the census, the white population is shrinking. So it's clear that the country is becoming more diverse. It's clear that we are moving down this path where we're trying to be a more equal, more fair, more diverse world. Why are you still thinking the same? Yeah. Why are you still adopting these closed, closed-minded values principles and lifestyles why are you not being more open when this is the when this is the direction that the rest of the country is moving in yeah yeah and it's like from a government standpoint what are y'all gonna do and then from just this standpoint i mean being on this, campus the, faculty, the, U, the u of a is a public institution yeah. so where in a way got... this is a part of the government yeah. like just like how when covid came and they made and they black the marketing efforts to having people wear the mask make sure you keep your mask on we can do that with racism on our campus. Mm-hmm. We can, like, if we can put in policies 
or, or, or putting rules in place for everybody to wear their mask indoors, we could put policies and rules in place for everybody to get to know each other. A UAPB, the chancellor would stop class and call us all into the auditorium to listen to a keynote speaker speak who would, you know, teach us like about lessons learned, things mm -hmm. you should do to be a better college student. Right. They'll share their experience and what they went through. Why we can't do that here? Right. Why, why we can't have the chancellor counsel class? Maybe, uh, I mean, they, they got all of our information, like create, create some type of system to where you can actually bring students out of class, require them to be here at this specific place at this specific time. And take it serious. And, and take it seriously and having, and, and talking about uncomfortable things. Don't, mm -hmm. but don't even just make it a conversation. Add an activity to it. Add, yeah. add sports into it. Add like the reading or the book club into it. Add, add, add chess into make it. it. Like yeah. make it, engaging. make it, yeah, make it engaging. That's the mm -hmm. word. Like, cause it takes, I believe it takes more than a conversation. Yeah, like, 100%. You have to, we can engage in, in, in more ways than just having a conversation. Like yeah. people need to get up, get out of the seat, shake hands, hug, whatever, mm. and build engagement in that way. So you you so the people that's in a closed minded population, when you force them to be around people who are open minded, people who are trying to help solve the same problem, the same issue, mm -hmm. I believe in a way you take away discrimination, you take away racism. Because mm -hmm. if, if everybody has an open mind and everybody understands each other. Yeah. And We're that, not saying it's gonna take overnight. Like, yeah, no, it's, it's not gonna, gonna take overnight. Yeah. I mean COVID couldn't go away overnight. Like, right. and, and COVID probably not gonna go away for another year or so. And, and COVID, oh, COVID, <laughs> should, COVID shouldn't even be political. And I, I'm not trying to be political in any way, but I'm just saying, like, we put these policies in place to try to make the campus safer, mm -hmm. right? And that wasn't an overnight fix. Like, it's taking we on year two of wearing masks, so like, it's yeah. taking time to do. But we eventually gonna get to the finish line. Maybe it might be year three or year four, and we can do the same thing against racism, like. Yeah, we got diversity and inclusion. We got treating people fair, treating people equal, treating people right in our values. Mm -hmm. This is what we say that represents the U of A. Yeah. Make make that real. Make it to where it's, we don't just feel it when we look at the screen yeah. and we looking at which college we want to go to. Make it so where when we're on the campus, when we're in our classrooms, when we're in the hallways, when we're in the community, mm -hmm. we actually feel that. Exactly. And it's like y'all giving faculty these positions so they can do it. They can be in these positions to make these changes, but then y'all don't want to listen to them or y'all shut it down and tell them to start over or just be like, that's just not going to work. So it's like, okay, do y'all really want to be here and make this change or are y'all just wanting this just to be on a statement just like y'all can say that we a good school? Yeah. So Make like, it real. Yeah, like make it real and make it count so nobody else will feel like they just don't belong here. Yeah, because everybody, I mean, we chose to go to this school for a reason. Facts. You chose here because, you mean, you like MBA, you're in a business school. You chose here, you like the engineering school. Wait, did I just call you the business school? The business yeah, the school. Business school. My yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> you, you you're right. here because you like the engineering right. school, yeah. and I'm here because I like the business school. Like, that's it. So it's like either. Let's make it about our education. Let's exactly. not make it about race. Exactly. And it'll take a lot, but it can be done. Oh, yeah. It can definitely be done. But all right, y'all. Y'all heard it here first. We want to thank Ontario for being here and sharing his unforgettable experiences. And if you want to be a guest on our show, go ahead and follow us on I, on Instagram at UARC Podcast and shoot us a DM or click the link in our bio. Catch us next time where we continue our discussion of the Black experience on campus. See you later.
Thank you.